Turn with me to 2 Corinthians uh, 5. One of the things that um, occurs to me so often when I talk with people is that they live in less than they have because they don't appreciate what they have. And you can always get caught in living in less than you have because you don't realize what you do have. A man who's a millionaire who has all the money in the bank but doesn't realize what he's got, he can live in poverty whilst being a millionaire. I once spoke about a woman who died in uh, poverty in Liverpool and it turned out she had a wardrobe stacked with money but she never spent any, she'd lived in starvation. She wrapped, wore scruffy old rags for clothes and she wrapped herself in newspaper under her clothes and yet when, when she died and they went in there was stuff stacked from floor to ceiling in her house, there was money in the wardrobe and she actually had something like 500,000 pounds stacked there, everyone thought she was a tramp. And she was living in poverty outwardly because she didn't really appreciate, bless her, what she'd got and was frightened, I suppose, to spend it. Uh, and um, I want to talk, though, about one of the things that you have to be careful of is confession. You can confess yourself into bondage. And if I were to go around, some of us were brought up in, in different uh, uh, religious beliefs. Some people are brought up in one belief, others in another. And the strongholds of Satan are in the mind. And the world operates on your mind. Everything in the world is pressuring your mind. That's the way it is. The whole of the world lieth in wickedness, doesn't it? And when Jesus came along, even the religious people were in deception and wickedness, weren't they? The whole world lay in the grip of the devil. The prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in who? The children of disobedience. He's at work. And every single individual has to look at themselves and say, what works in me? Now if you believe wrongly, I want to tell you how you'll end up. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What you think will govern what you do. Have wrong thoughts and wrong attitudes and your life will go wrong. That's why Jesus made it plain, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So freedom is in truth, 
and truth is in Christ. Outside of him, there is no truth. You have to understand that. And his word is true. But if you're born again, the first thing God takes out of you is your sin nature. If that's still in you, you're not a Christian. Because if you've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, I want to tell you he doesn't take sin in there. If the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, has cleansed you from all unrighteousness, I want to tell you the last thing you need is your sin nature. If you put on the breastplate of righteousness, but your life still has a sin nature, I want to tell you that armour is totally ineffective because you're already living in the wrong realm. God intends us to have a new birth that births us into total life. And that is the truth of Scripture. And I'm a Bible-believing person. And I want this morning to challenge your heart, because if you get your thinking right, your life will change. If you have faith in the wrong thing and believe the wrong thing, it takes you into bondage. So often people get trapped in bondage because they're taught by people who preach their experience instead of preaching Christ. My experience doesn't matter. What matters is who Jesus is and what he says. And if I believe what he says, my life will begin to conform to it. If I believe what the world says and reason says, I'll end up in trouble. That's what faith is. Faith cometh by hearing what? The what? My goodness me. And if you have faith, you can move mountains, can't you? Hello? If you have faith, you can deal with anything. Uh, and the problem is that what we've been taught very often is the enemy of what would be our friend. And the word of God's our friend. And so I just want to spend some time. See, perception is, is an awful thing. How do you perceive yourself? Do you perceive yourself the way men are or the way God is? With whom do you compare yourself? Do you compare yourself with your brother and sister or with Christ? We're changed from glory to glory as in the face of Jesus Christ. But I find most people live comparing themselves with other people. A foolish thing to do. Because then you end up in bondage and you accept in your life what you need never accept but you just accept it there because that's the way everyone is. Oh no it's not. This morning you could come into freedom in a new realm in your life if you begin to face up to the fact that the devil is a liar.
He's the accuser of the brethren. He's been cast down. He's totally false. He has no power. All authority, all power is given unto me, said Jesus, both in heaven, on earth, under the earth. Now if he's got all power, who else has got any? Hmm? No one. Now, your, your mouth will confess a lot of other things. And if you start believing what your mouth confesses, you end up in bondage. If your heart starts thinking negatively, you end up in bondage. You see, we are more than conquerors through Christ. Now if you're more than a conqueror, what are you? You're a victor, aren't you? He always gives us a victory. Hello? Do you know why you're more than a conqueror? Do you know why you're more than one? It's because someone else did the fighting for you, won the victory for you, and gives you the crown. You haven't had to go through the fight. He did it for you. Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? That's what makes you more than a conqueror. You get a crown without the fight. You say, well, I have to fight things in life. I'll come on to that. But you see, you don't fight things in your life. You fight things in other people's. Hey, we're in the world, but we're not of it. Jesus prayed of his disciples, he said, Father, <laughs> they belong to me. They're not of the world. I'm not of the world. Now keep them in the world. But we're of a different nature, a different spirit. And so we find the key to it all is in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. Oh, let's take verse 16, verse 15, verse 14. Well, you could go through the whole scripture. I mean, what, what can you do? For the love of Christ, what does it do? It constrains us. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then were all dead. Now Jesus died to sin and he died to sickness, did he not? He took your sin and my sin into his own body and he died to it. Your nature and my nature into his own body and he died to it all, is that right? Now if he died to it, you died in him. Right? Your sin Nature died in Christ. Bang. 2,000 years ago. It does not live, it's dead. Goes on. And that he died for who? Put your hand on your chest. Say, that includes me. That includes me. He, died for me. he died for me. 
And look what he goes on to say. That he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, because of this, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now, henceforth, know we him no more. Therefore, because we don't know him anymore, because we realize we're dead, we died in him, because we realize he rose again. You've got to put those becauses in. And then from that point on, something happens. Now if you don't know those things and the love of Christ doesn't constrain you, I want to tell you, your birth won't be the birth God intends. If you've been brought up, as some have, with a hellish doctrine, that well you're born again, but of course you have two natures in you. The nature of sin and the nature of... No, 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 no. If you had both natures in you, you're still a sinner. You're not a saint. Paul could never have written to the saints at Corinth. Why? Because they wouldn't have been saints, they're sinners. If you're not a new creation in Christ, and look at it, look at it. Says it here, wherefore, henceforth we know no man after the flesh. Lots of people talk about flesh. Oh, the flesh, is, the flesh is never sin. Sin was in the flesh until Jesus came. He conquered the world, the flesh, and the devil, didn't he? Huh? Christ lives in my human flesh. That's what incarnation is. He doesn't just live in my spirit. He lives in my spirit, my soul, and my body. That's where healing flows from. It's the quickening of God's spirit, and he will also, it says in Romans 8, quicken my mortal body. Does it say that or does it not? Now, will light and darkness dwell together? Will a sin nature and God's nature dwell together? Quite right, they won't. Because they're contrary, totally, one to the other. And therefore he goes on to make it plain. Therefore, because you know he died for all, and that we shouldn't live unto ourselves, because he died for us and rose again, we're therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now, if everything becomes new, is anything old left? Hello. Well, does it mean it? All things. Everything. You know, it says in Ezekiel, a new heart will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. I'll take the stony heart out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Ezekiel 36, verses 24 to 27. And God intended to give us a new nature. Not the nature you were born with, that was a sinful nature. 
but a new nature, the nature of God. You have become a partaker of the divine nature. And you're washed clean from all unrighteousness by the blood of Jesus Christ. And you're a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things become new. When you begin to believe it, I'll tell you what happens. You start believing in victory. Until then, you have an excuse for your failure. Because, what can you do? If you believe you live with a sin nature, what are you going to do? You're going to sin. Why? Because it's natural. Where did it come from? It came from your false belief. You believed in deception, so you live it. And there's a lot of people that live in deception. They say, oh, well, what can I do? I've got disease, I can't do anything about it. I believe God can heal, but what can I do? I'll tell you what you can do. You can start confessing what God's done for you. It's true. 2,000 years ago he did it. Amen? Huh? Is it true or not? Let's read on. Therefore, if any man be in Christ is a new creation, all things are passed away. Behold, all things become new, and all things are of God. Oh, just a minute. Who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and have given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, to woo, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He made him sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. When you're born and you're made a new creation, you are made into righteousness. God intended sin nature to go, God's nature to come. There is a tremendous change comes about body, soul, and spirit when you're born from above. And if you haven't had that experience, you're not a Christian. That's it. There are so many people who never knew a real nature change, transformation. That means you're not a Christian. Say, well, I had an experience of the Holy Spirit, so you might have done. So did Saul when he went amongst the school of the prophets. He still had demons. <coughs> Never changed his lifestyle. That was old covenant. But we live in the new covenant dispensation. You know everything Jesus did in his life was old covenant. Why? The new covenant came when he said, This is my blood which was shed for you. And figuratively speaking, he told them, hey, new covenant. New covenant. 
totally changes everything. And I was born from above into a new relationship with God and it's the most wonderful thing. The one thing that is most wonderful is nature change. My, I'm a son of God. I don't want to judge after the flesh. The reasoning of the flesh is not where I live. It's God's word. The reasoning of the flesh could say all sorts of things. God's word's different. I judge everything according to what God says. That's it. Not interested in man's opinion. Not interested in his ideas and notions. Do you know, very often when people uh, interpret the scriptures, they go away from God. They start coming to their own conclusions. And it's their conclusions that are wrong. They start off with the right thing and conclude the wrong thing. But I am a great believer in just believing what God says is true. No interpret. I don't need to explain what God says by twisting it and saying, ah, oh, well, yeah, but you've got to see. People quote Romans 7. But then they forget that Romans before said, for I, um, I speak to them that know the law, how the law have dominion over a man as long as he liveth, but I'm dead. <laughs> Doesn't have a dominion over me. I died in Christ. Did you notice that in Corinthians? He died for all. We're dead in him. Romans 5 makes that plain. And the wonderful thing is, huh, I'm alive in God. God lives in me, Christ in you, the hope of glory. I live, nevertheless not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I moved into a different realm when I was born from above. Those that are of the earth are earthy. A man who's born of the Spirit, you can't tell from whence he come, you can't tell where he's going. That's what my sermons are like. <laughs> whence did he come, where's he going? That's what everything's like. See? But there aren't many who live in that realm. Instead of walking in the spirit, they go back into the flesh and they start judging things. They want to know everything after the flesh. I don't. I'm not interested. Thank you very much. Doesn't interest me. Hard to explain to people. There's some beautiful scriptures I want to refer you to. Uh, verse 17. Of this. Look at this. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, new creation. Old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. Put your hand on your chest. Say this after me. When I was born again, I was born again. Everything, became new. everything became new. I might not have lived it, I might not lived it. because I didn't, know it. I didn't know it. And people told me lies. And I believed them. And that was silly. That was stupid. 
I won't do it anymore. I believe what God says. Everything became new when I was born again. The devil's a liar. Romans chapter 8. Is that true? You know, that, that's how the devil traps people with lies. He doesn't trap you with truth. It's the way he works. The devil's an artful one. It always is. But watch out. You see, he is the best spin doctor that ever was. He spun a story to Eve. And that story that he spun was awful. As I said, you know, the problem wasn't the fruit on the tree, the problem was the pear on the ground. I, and he spun a story to them. God's trying to keep from you what you could be. But they were. They were already made and created in the image of God. And here comes the devil saying, ah, but you're not. If you just took of that tree and ate of the fruit of it, do you know something? God's denying you what you've already got. But he didn't tell them that. He spun the tail. No, he's depriving you. And that's how the enemy works in our lives. He cons us. How many people say to me, oh, well, if I become a Christian, I have to give up this, this, and this. Yeah, the devil tells you, you'll be deprived. But you're not deprived. You're blessed above every other creature on earth with a relationship with God and all things are yours and you're Christ you're not deprived, you're enriched so the enemy of our souls tries to turn the whole thing on its head and Eve believed the lie The only thing the enemy has, the only weapon he has, is to get you to believe lies. If you believe lies, he holds you captive with his lies. But his lies are what they are, lies. And the strongholds of Satan are in the mind. What are they? They're the lies you believe. That's why you have to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Because the one thing the enemy wants to do is get you to disobey and live for yourself. Because the devil tells you, if you don't live for yourself, if you don't do it for yourself, you'll be deprived, you'll lose out on what you could have. And the truth is, you could have more if you'd go God's way. They had a beautiful garden. God looked after them, provided everything. But oh, if you do it your own way, 
you can be as God you can create, you can do everything <laughs> and disobedience came in it was all a deception and that's the way he operates today it's all in the mind it's a lying toad obnoxious creature God wants you to know he's a liar what he promises you is a lie say well you know I can get rich no wealth cometh from the Lord your schemes, your best schemes are going to leave you impoverished in the end doesn't look it now you can say ah oh, but look ah yes but it's a deception because in the end you'll discover that what you thought you had rust corrupted thieves broke through they stole it they do and God tries to give you a warning watch out you see if you look at man you're going to lose we live for God my Bible says seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything gets added to you doesn't it hmm? all things it's amazing how after someone's born again and everything becomes new they slide into a habit of not really committing themselves to Christ first of all but committing themselves to their life and their lifestyle and the lie is the devil says oh well you know if, you, if you're not careful you'll lose out you've got to do this you've got to do and slowly the Lord doesn't become center and first your business does your home does, your family does, money does and oh you can make excuses for your lack of commitment oh well you know I've got responsibility, oh yeah you have, yeah but you've already bought the lie of the devil and that lie will take you to a Christless eternity if you don't repent there's a lot of people Paul wrote to the Galatians he said I travail in birth again till Christ be formed in you what happened were they born truly yes he said who's bewitched you having begun in the spirit are you now made perfect in the flesh you begun alright then what went wrong oh foolish Galatians how can a man begin with everything new and slide back to the old way? How can a man begin with total commitment and then go to the things of hell? 
because that artful enemy gets into your mind into your reasonings and your imaginations and then you begin to believe the way to wealth, the way to success why? I'll tell you this the devil is always able to sell his products to the fool and the fool believes that that is the way to life but life isn't in the abundance of things you possess it's in the Lord God of glory I'm surprised how many people get trapped in such foolish things just the way life is I suppose you know the answer to this, the answer to that God wants to get us back into the right relationship with him. He wants us reconciled. Love of money is the root of all evil. Money isn't, love of it is. But I tell you this, it's not the money, it's what the money can do for you that causes you to love it, isn't it? Hmm? No one sits with a 20 pound note kissing it all day long. What they want is the, what it can do for them. Isn't that right? Hmm? And when you start to love it, hey, it takes control and that's what you value things and that's how you judge things and then suddenly your life is dominated not by Christ, that you learn to obey Christ, but it's dominated by your love of money. And when love of money comes, it's the root of all evil. And it springs up in your heart, and instead of going God's way, you find a million reasons to go your own. Romans 8, verse 31. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Hey, how are you going to get them? You're going to get them free, aren't you? I mean, I've been explaining Romans 8, uh, just, you know, just explaining it. But, but that's why I came to watch what we say then. Uh, that's how it all operates. I'm trying to get you to get your mind set on how it all operates. Look, the devil, he knows. Uh, one of the things I'm amazed at is, is people talk of this conquering spirit powers and all that rubbish, you know. Uh, and there's spirits over cities, spirits of violence, spirits of greed. Spirit. It's so absurd because my Bible says the devil has transformed himself into an angel of light. Therefore it's no wonder if his apostles transformed themselves into angels of light. He ain't coming with clothed hooves and, and horns because he knows that that 
day is over. The way is coming now is he's coming with all deceivableness and subtleness to try and take you away. One of the extremes that's come into the church is the extreme of prosperity where they tell you it's almost like the uh, national lottery put in a hundred pounds and God's going to pour a million out for you. Pull the lever. God deliver us from that blasphemy. It's not right. But he'll freely give us all things because he gave us Christ who's the creator of heaven and earth. It's free. The trouble is people are striving for it and struggling for it and don't understand it's a gift from God for you and me. I believe what this book says. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies it. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who's going to lay anything to the charge of God's elect? You know, one of the things that people feel is condemnation and guilt all the time. Someone tells you you have a sin nature, you'll believe it's all right to be conscious of sin all the time. But there remains no more consciousness of sin for those that are sprinkled from an evil conscience. Their consciousness is God consciousness. And I find many, many Christians live their lives ever feeling failures. Well, if you feel a failure, you'll be a failure. But I'm not. I'm a son of God. I'm born from above. I'm a new creation in Christ. All things passed away. All things became new. I'm a partaker of the divine nature. Christ lives in me. All things are mine. God freely gave them. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens me. Who's he that accuseth? Who's he that condemneth? It is Christ that justifieth. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? If God be for me, who can be against me? Hey, I don't care what people say. I might not be what they want, but I'm what God wants. Why? Because I'm a child of God. I've been born from above and that's it. And God thinks I'm wonderful. And God thinks you're wonderful. That's the truth. Don't you ever get this idea? You start judging a man after the flesh. You get your cultural idea of what it should be to be holy, to be righteous. That is not righteousness or holiness. That's establishing your own priggish righteousness. The way God is is totally different from the way man is. God says, my thoughts aren't your thoughts, my ways aren't your ways. You rise up. Glory to God. What does it matter? What, 
The only reason you worry about what people think about you is because of your pride. Who cares what they think? You wouldn't be a preacher if you worried about what people think. Couldn't preach. God isn't like that. I tell you, the Pharisees and the Sadducees couldn't take it because Jesus didn't fit into their nice religious little format. Humanity doesn't like it. Hey, everywhere he went, he kicked their format over. A lot of people sit and judge. We're born to be sons. Let's look again um, down in the scripture. Verse 35, Romans 8. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? What's going to separate us? Look, it doesn't mean you won't go through trials of life, but do you notice they're outward things, not inward? Hello? They're not, you're not struggling inside. That was dealt with when you were born again. What you're struggling with, yeah, you're going to get persecution. Yeah, you're going to get misunderstood. Yeah, you're going to get misquoted. Yeah, you're going to get accused. Yeah, you're going to get persecuted. So, that's the glory of it. When God gives us all things, it's with persecution. That's part of the package. The world is jealous of what we've got. They see us as an odd people. We are. We're God people. God lives in us. Jesus is our saviour. And God's on our side. We're more than conquerors through Christ. Amen? See, you can come to church and you can praise God for healing and a miracle, but hey, what about the miracle of being a new creation? Living as a new creation. That's the most important thing of all, isn't it? Not to go to a Christless eternity. And, and to live as a son of God with authority in the earth. We're going to change things. That's the way God intends it to be. John's Gospel, chapter 1. John 1. Verse 15 says, John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. Amen? You get grace for grace. Of his fullness have we all received. I'll tell you something, there is a fullness in Christ. You don't just receive. I find so many people think that they've received a, a, a part. God deliver us from lies of the devil. I've been born free. I'm alive in him. Amen? You know, that, that's, that's Christian. I find so many people get trapped in 
believing what the liars say. It is a lie. God is true. I've drunk of his fullness. Hey, Christ, if Christ is in you, the whole body is full of light. Whole body. No darkness at all. Where dwelleth the sin nature then? Why? It was eradicated 2,000 years ago. Died in him. Death have no more dominion over us, does it? Death and sin are synonymous. One John chapter three. I love this. It's just verse one. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed where upon us. Glory to God. That. That we should be called what? Hey, do you believe? Behold what manner of love. The Father, what type of love. What glory of love. The Father hath bestowed upon us. That we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world stand up. Keep your Bible in your lap. You've got to read it out. I want you to get this in your brain. Behold. Go on. Beloved, now are we what? When? When? Well, in that when you die, you know, and you're changed in the twinkling of an eye, when finally you're delivered from your sin nature, oh no. When? Now are we? And then it goes on. What does it say? And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Oh. Isn't that wonderful? Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Amen? You see, we have something wonderful. The love of the Father is that you are a son of God. The world doesn't know you because it didn't know him. You're a stranger to the world and the world's a stranger to you. That is what it says now. Now. 
not sometime in the future we're the sons of God now sit down got to go on more scriptures got to turn the pages see this is what you've got to get in your mind not no no I've got a terrible battle with this sin that sin this habit that habit no you are what God says you are I am what God says I am not what the world says I am see the world was always trying to tear Jesus down accuse Jesus ah look at you you ate with unwashing hands look at you you did this wrong you did that wrong they're always trying to fault find and the world will always find fault religious people always find fault but God says no you are this now put your hand on your chest today I'll believe what God says about me not what the devil says not what man says not what my silly mind says what God says what God says is true let every man be a liar behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when he shall appear we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is, and every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. Amen? Do you believe it? That's love. Father loves us like he loved Jesus. Why? Because we are part and Christ is in us. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. That's why the devil fights so hard to destroy your reputation, to condemn you, to accuse you, to bring you down, to focus your eyes on what he says are your faults rather than focus your eyes on the one who's without any fault. His name is Jesus. That's why we're changed from glory to glory as in the face of Jesus Christ. You keep your eyes on him because he is who you are. That is the truth. I live. Nevertheless, Lord, I but Christ liveth in me. Do you believe it? Hello? Colossians, chapter 1. I'm just setting a base for where I'll go. Verse 13. Oh, uh, let's take, um, let's take verse 10. That we might walk, chapter 1 of Colossians, verse 10, we might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Amen? 
What have you got to be fruitful in? Every good work. Strengthen with all might. Why? Because you are fruitful in every good work. That gives you strength with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the sons in light. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the first, uh, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created, that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. You were enemies. You were alienated. But God reconciled you in Jesus Christ. Amen? You know, the... the thing that the devil wants to do is convince you that God's against you. Something goes wrong in your life, problem comes up, you wonder what you've done wrong. Nothing. God's on my side. Now if you're walking in disobedience and rebellion against God and you don't believe that you're a child of God and you don't walk in faith, then you're going to be in trouble. Because when trials do come, you'll feel condemned and you'll feel driven away. But I live in reconciliation. I know I'm reconciled to God. He's reconciled to me. I know what I am in Christ. He lives in me. That's it. It's by the blood of the cross. It's his work, not mine. He did it all. I don't ever look at my life and work out how good I am, that's irrelevant. To me, I am what God says I am. I don't go about trying to establish my own righteousness. It's his righteousness. He gave it to me. I'm more than a conqueror. God is good. When? My whole attitude is God. He does it. It's Him. No, it's not, you know, you don't struggle. I don't struggle and strive. I never do. Hey, why? I don't need to. 
But there are conditions. The condition is, I don't live for myself, I live for him. The condition is, I don't want to have my will, I want to have his will. The condition is, I put first Christ and everything secondary. Condition is, I don't love money, I love my God. I'm not divided. Can't serve God and mammon. You'll love one and hate the other. Can't go both. But, if you serve the living God, all things are yours. If you serve the living God, you have the life of God. But it, it, it's just this little devil's a lie. He tries to trap you, make you believe, oh, well, you know, you better do this, you better do that. Not at all. So easy. Hmm? You know, it's more than forgiveness of sins, it's new life in Christ. Amen? Forgiveness of sins part of it, but it's just new life. <sighs> Verse 9, for this cause we also, since we, the day we heard, do not cease to pray for you and desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. Uh -huh. I want to know what the will of God is, don't you? Filled with the knowledge of his will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. See, it's, it's the will of God. What is the will of God for you? What does God really want you to do? What does God want you to accomplish? What's God's purpose for you? I want to know and be filled with the knowledge of the will of God. See, God's got a purpose. God's got a plan. And if you get involved with God's plan, you'll be more than a conqueror. If you get involved in your own plan, all the things, all the benefits that God gives don't, don't come to you because you walk outside. You choose. You, God hasn't left you. You leave him. God wrote to the children of Israel or spoke to them by a prophet. He said, I haven't deserted you. You deserted me. God's never the one at fault. It's you. But you don't have to remain at fault. All you need to do is say, hey, just a minute. I'm a son of God. And you brush off the lies of the enemy. You stand up and you seek to go and go God's way. It's not that you cry and bemoan and say, oh, I made a terrible mistake. So you did. Well, you know the truth now. You don't have to live in a lie anymore. Get up. Go God's way. That's called repentance. It's not some, <laughs> that's not repentance, that's self-pity. You know, groveling and moaning is not a gift from God. It's rising up and saying, goodness me, you wicked devil, how dare you. Get angry with the one who deceived you. 
and go God's way. Okay? Is that plain? Hmm? I don't want you to all start in mournful. That doesn't help anyone. Being miserable never helped anyone. Did it? Where are we? John 15. Just wanted a few more scriptures. Actually, you know, I'll go quicker. Um, John 15. Are we there? Jesus says this, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Look, the secret of producing fruit in your life is to abide in Christ and let him abide in you. And the abiding means you walk in obedience to his will. That's abiding. And walking in obedience to his will means you believe what God says about you. If I don't believe what God says about me, I'm in trouble. I believe what he says. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself. Even It, it means this, that I, I'm not a completed person because I won't be till the day I step out of this body. But I know that I'll be like him when I see him. I know. And I know that I have his life now. And I know his power is in me now. And I know the life that I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God now. And every year, we develop, don't we? We're a babe in Christ and we grow up in him, in all things. Who is the head? It's in Ephesians. We're in John. I'm in the vine. Jesus said, I'm the vine. You are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth and withered. Look, the reason people, their life just doesn't measure up is, is somehow they let themselves get deceived into believing that their will will produce what God alone can do. If you do it on your own, in the end, you're going to find that you won't produce fruit. And you wither. Your spiritual life will wither. Doesn't mean that you can't be successful, but the price of success will be your soul. What can a man give for his soul? <laughs> you can give all the world. But if you haven't gone God's way and walked according to his will, in the end, you're damned. 
You needn't be. It's time to live as sons of God. Time to rise up and be what God says we are. We can shake the whole earth if we'll do that. Trouble is, I, I, my whole purpose in a church is to try and turn people to do what God wants. But the biggest stumbling block is their minds. Why? Because people want to do what they want. They're not interested in Christ's kingdom, they're interested in their own. Uh, and of course, they'll help Christ's kingdom. The number of people I've found who say something like, oh well, I'll do the lottery and if I win, win a million pounds, I'll give half to God. Oh, he's very grateful for your generosity. Or, you know, I'll give all my profits to God. Oh, thank you very much. He'd rather you did his will. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the wealth of all is his. He doesn't need your money. He wants your heart. He wants you. When he's got you, you have everything if you'll live according to his will. Don't ever try and bribe God. Don't work too well. Remember Ananias and Sapphira. Don't ever lie to the Holy Ghost. Because the human heart's deceitfully wicked above all things. Don't need your money. Nice try. When you love money, that's a good excuse. So, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll give it all to God. You know, my friend who led me to Lord Demas Shikaran, he gave away 90% of his income into the Lord's work. There was a difference with Demas to everyone else. He, bought, he built houses on his, his country estate in Texas. Every worker's house was the same as his home. He lived the same style as every... He was a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. He lived with a house the same as every worker. Why? Because he truly did want to put God first. 1 Timothy, chapter 6. I love it. 1 Timothy, chapter 6, verse 13. I charge thee five pounds. I charge thee in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that thou keep this commandment without spot unrebukable unto the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, Whereunto thou art called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Do you know what the good fight of faith is? It's to lay hold on eternal life whereunto you're called. Profess a good profession. You know, confess a good confession. In other words, you've got to start confessing what you really are. Not be ashamed of it. I'm a son of God. God set me free. God transformed my life. God lives in me. 
God loves me. God so loved me that he gave me the life of his son. Jesus Christ took all my sin. He dealt with all my bondages. God is almighty. There is no power in heaven and earth that can conquer me. The devil is defeated. 2,000 years ago, sin was destroyed. The power of it was broken in my life. When I was born again, I'm a Christian. I'm alive in God. I live, nevertheless not I, but Christ liveth in me. I'm a son of the living God. I'm born from above. I've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses me from all unrighteousness. Is that your confession? Or is it, oh, well, you see, uh, uh, you know, I'm weak. I struggle. I've got these. Hey, the devil was defeated. I'm alive in him. We're more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. What's your profession? Devil's a liar. God is for me. The accuser of the brethren has been cast down. Christ is my righteousness. He's everything to me. Is that what you profess? Hmm? See, that's faith. Faith in the right thing, not faith in the wrong thing. Uh, Philippians 4. Look at Philippians 4 quickly. And... Verse 12 of Philippians 4 says this, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things, how? Through Christ who strengthens me. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens me. 1 John 4. Quickly, 1 John 4, verse 4, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth us not. Whereby... No, hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for, God, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. You are of God, verse 4, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Do you know, we're victors. We're victors. We... You say, well, I don't see it. Look at this, look at that. No, look what God says. 
Don't believe every spirit. Try the spirits whether they're of God. But know this, we've overcome them. We're more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. John 14. Go to John 14 quickly. John 14. Verse 12 says this, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Look, God wants you to ask according to his will. God wants you to understand what his will is, and God wants you to know that what you ask, he will do. And that is the promise of God. You cannot fail if you begin to see who you are in Christ. It's just a matter of taking hold of it. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. I mean Romans chapter 6. Now listen to this. Verse 5 says... For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is... Go on, with him. Go on. What's destroyed? That, henceforth, we should not serve sin. For he that is now, when, now, if, knowing, verse 10, Verse 11. Now the word reckon there means do you take a good account of it? It's the way it is. It's the reckoning, it's the accounting. It is so. I died in Christ. I am dead to sin. I'm alive to God. Now, this is written clearly that each one of us can know we've been delivered. He that is dead is free from sin. We have been planted in the likeness of his death. We shall 
be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified in him, that the body of your old man was crucified in Christ 2,000 years ago. Is that correct? And it applies today. Amen? It's over. Now I know people argue Romans 7 and say, ah, oh, but that which I would not. That is an unregenerate soul. It talks of someone who's under law. We're not. We've been delivered from the law of sin of death. There is no condemnation to those who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me from the law of sin and death. Why? Because Christ died for me. Hey, you know, today you can walk out of your inferiority complex and you can start believing what God says about you. You can stand up and lift your head high and say, just a minute, I know what I am in Christ. The devils condemn me, the devils accuse me, the devils lied to me, but I won't accept it anymore. This is what God says about me. I have resurrection life. Body, soul and spirit. That power of resurrection quickened my being. Quickens my mortal body. Quickens my spirit. Rejuvenates my soul. I have the mind of Christ. I'm not ashamed of my God. Disease has no right in my body. Sin has no dominion over me. I'm dead. Christ lives in me. Now that is the truth. You say, well, oh, but my experience. There you are. You want to believe the world's opinion, not God's. <laughs> I just happen to be a believer. God is good. Amen. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 9. Look at this. You all need to stand up. Stand up. I want you to read it out. 1 Corinthians. One Corinthians chapter one verse nine says God is by whom you were called to what? Fellowship with the Son Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You're being called to fellowship. Who's faithful? It's not what you do, it's what God has done. 2,000 years ago, it was done. Do you know, each one of you today can change your whole life if you believe the truth that is in Christ. You can put off the old, you can put on the new. Paul wrote about it, he said, go on, put off the old, put on the new. 
The only reason you let the old come back was you believed the lie. The devil lied to you. The devil lied to you. He said, oh. He said, you know, God's depriving you. You looked at the abundance of the things in the world and you felt that your way would be better than God's way. You began to think that maybe God didn't know. Maybe he didn't understand. You thought there was a way to climb up. But you see, he's the door. If you climb up another way, you're a thief. But if you go in his way, you go in as a son. You say, well, I didn't want the cross. I didn't want to deny myself. I felt I had to help myself. God helps those who help themselves. No. God helps those who believe in him. He loves you. He didn't come to condemn you. He didn't come to accuse you. He came to say, hey, this is the truth. Do you know the power of sin is broken when you believe what he says? You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So easy to get caught in the lie. The devil operates in the lie realm. He convinces you. And all of a sudden, it becomes a Sunday religion, an add-on. It's not knowing his will, it's knowing yours. And then choosing, maybe, to give him a part of your life. Don't you know, you're dead. Your life is hid with Christ in God. Don't you know he loves you? Above everything. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loves you so much. He takes care of everything. But all he wants you to do is surrender your life to him. Surrender to his will. Make a determination. I'm a fool. I can't live my own way and succeed. Because in the end, it'll destroy me. But I can go his way. I don't want to love money. I don't want to love riches. I want to love him. I can't serve two masters. There's only one. I can't go two ways. I'm a son of God. I'm born from above. I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. I've been bought with a price. I'm not my own. 
I'm called a glorified God in my mortal body. I've been created in Christ Jesus under good works. He's the vine. I'm a branch. I want to bear much fruit. I want to glorify God in my mortal body. I want to be everything he wants me to be. I don't want to live trapped and bound. I want to be free. Free to love him. Free to follow him. Free to be true to him. I'm free of sin. I'm dead. My life is hid with Christ in God. I'm more than a conqueror through him who died for me. I've overcome the wicked one because he lives in me. He's wonderful. That's salvation. That's a good confession. Profess a good profession before many witnesses. It's choice. There was a day you had no choice. Today, you can choose how you live. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess. That's a simple gospel, isn't it? Hmm? My old man was crucified with Christ. I live, nevertheless, not I, but Christ liveth in me. Put your hand on your chest, close your eyes. I don't want you to look around at anyone. Father, I just pray for each one here this day. Lord, you're calling to yourself a people who will be obedient to the faith. You're calling to yourself a people who will put you first. Not themselves, but put you first. You said that if we sought the kingdom of God and his righteousness, you'd add everything. And Lord, we don't believe the devil, we believe you. Thank you that we are the sons of God. We're born from above. We are new creations. We are alive in you. We are cleansed by your precious blood from all unrighteousness. Thank you, you've conquered the enemy. And we're more than conquerors through you. Lord, you strengthen us, you quicken us. You're mighty. And we come to give you a good confession today. We come to declare your Lord of Lords, your King of Kings. Lord, we've come to bow our knee before thee and say, Master, we believe your word. 
We believe what you say. Lord, we want to be what you want us to be. We want to live how you want us to live. We want to rise up as a mighty army and be everything you desire. We want to declare your name in all the earth. Mighty King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Lord, I just pray for every heart here. Break every shackle, loose every fetter. Let them know your word is true. Holy Spirit, you're wonderful. Jesus, you're our King. You're our Lord. What God says is, let God be and Hey, if you live it, it's so, so easy. <laughs>